0: Okay, you guys ready?
1: This is... This is Mission Commission.
0: This is Mission Commission.
2: This is Mission
1: Commission.
2: (laughs) This is Mission Commission, a podcast where we demystify the process of how classical music gets made. I'm your host, Melissa Smay, and I'm the Artistic Director of Miller Theater at Columbia University in New York City. And on this last episode, we've reached the end of our six weeks with the composers... This is also the final season of the series, and it's been quite a journey. Something I really loved about it is the opportunity to create nine vibrant new works of music and pieces that will live on beyond this podcast. It's also been a wonderful joy to reach all of you in all 50 states and dozens of countries. So if you've loved being on this journey as much as we have, please leave us a rating and a review and tell us what you liked about the show. We'd love to hear from you. Over the course of this season, I hope we've been able to demystify the creative process of our composers in a way that will really illuminate their final pieces. You can listen to all three pieces at the end of this episode. So let's dive right in and start with Anne Clear. Here's a clip from Anne's audio diary.
1: and to do that I I sit with the metronome with a keyboard in front of me and I do a lot of humming not because the humming really is going to sound like the piano music I've written um, it's it's going to sound a lot different and I'm really not a singer by any stretch of the imagination but I do find... For myself to make sound and really hear the piece in my head, it helps for me to to actually make sound myself and imagine sound happening in time.
2: Well, hello, Anne. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to week six. We're here. We've arrived at our last conversation together for the podcast. I know. To have
1: this conversation every week, it's become almost like... I don't know, this point in the week that the work has revolved around as well. It's really helped me, I suppose, build the piece and think about how it's progressed over time. And so it's Mm going to be funny next week to not have any conversation. I'm going to feel a bit like, where's my support team?
2: (laughs) No, that's nice to hear. Well, I mean, we're always available. (laughs) 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 The ongoing hotline. Maybe it's too early to look back on the process for this particular piece, but if you were going to reflect on the past, you know, six weeks, five weeks a little bit and talk about some important inflection points or the process more generally, what would you want to share about that?
1: I think one of my big fears coming into this process was that I just wouldn't find an idea in the time we have, (laughs) which, to be honest, has happened before, you know, that I just... I can't settle on a direction for a piece and it just, I can't get it done on time. And I think that's the fear of a lot of composers. Like when you agree to do a project, it's exciting, but you're also, you have a sense, okay, I can kind of imagine what it might be, but also to actually get into the making of it is very different and all kinds of problems arise. And sometimes the whole idea can just crumble and you're like, okay, that's not an idea. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was very afraid that something like that might happen, especially when we're documenting the process like this. (laughs) 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 As much as I would like to share the the difficulties of making a piece with as many people as possible, I also didn't really want to have a total breakdown about a piece. (laughs) So I think with this piece, Even early on in the process, I think around week two, I really quickly came to this idea of working with the tree and the idea of life above the tree and under the tree and how that can relate to the two pianos. And that has really, that place um, and that idea has really guided the process in a way that has just grown in kind of life and possibility. So, kind of coming upon the idea early on in the process and that, that kind of keeping me quite grounded and focused. I'm really grateful for that and that that happened to happen within the time we've been working in. And I think too, I suppose for my, for my practice in general, I also really wanted to, in that time, think about how how my practice could kind of expand. And that's where a lot of the field recording that we've talked about came in. And and also thinking about, I suppose, how the the music can be used in a way beyond the concert hall or can kind of come into other ways that people can interact with it. For me, that's really interesting to go somewhere and just turn up the volume and really hear how alive it is and I would really love for other people to have the ability to do that, you know, to hear how alive the world is around them. Then they could hear why certain materials are what becomes important in my kind of musical material, too. So future pieces will also involve, I suppose, writing about a certain place or location that has some kind of significance to me. So I am I guess I'm thinking about all of those elements. You know, I'm such a kind of explorer and wanderer, and I could happily do that forever. But <laughs> actually, what I like about making pieces, too, is in the end making a decision. Like, it feels good to actually make some decisions. Because I could, yeah, I would happily just wander into infinity, really, <laughs> in terms of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: well, it's a good place to segue into what kinds of decisions you're making now for the new piece. What stage are you at?
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to work out the ending in a way. It's funny. It's almost like, I suppose in, you know, it's going to be maybe about a seven minute piece. hmm. So in some ways it's it's like preparing the piece for the ending on all parts, but from the beginning onwards too, so that the pacing feels right. I try to, it is so hard because really at the moment, like I'm the only person in the whole world who can kind of hear it in a way. You know, I'm, I'm starting to send drafts to the performers to look at. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think we'll really have to talk more about the sounds practically together, maybe on Zoom in rehearsal um, for them to really start hearing it the way I'm hearing it as well, just to work on the subtleties of different tombers and so on. Before I listen to it as myself, I try to listen to it as different people, which sounds I know a bit kind of like, well, it's not possible. But I really try to listen to it almost like imagining different people that might engage with the piece, whether that's someone who, you know, for instance, comes to Miller Theatre concerts a lot or someone who who might know my music already, what's there for them in a way? And then I also then think about the listener who has maybe never been to anything I've ever composed or has never even been maybe at a performance of contemporary music or even classical music. Because I think a lot of the material I use, you know, the tombers the and textures, I think often people hear them and they're like, what is that? And I, I understand how people can be a bit bewildered by like, how is that instrument even making that sound? But I really don't want the music to be all about like, music that's kind of unusual sounds because it's it's also music that's trying to express something and trying to bring everything together and and gives the piece its time and space that putting myself in those different listening positions can at least give me some amount of objectivity
2: (laughs) Hmm. and then does it guide your decision making or does it reinforce yes i've got this exactly right this is good or do you make changes when you think about it from those different points of view?
1: I do. I make changes. Yeah. And what, ideally what I try to get to is a point where every listener, so that's me, the listener who knows me, the listener who doesn't know me, where we all agree. For me, it's the only way I can really edit the piece from as many different angles as I can think of as one person, really.
2: Well so in a couple of weeks we'll be getting together with Laura and Juliet to make the recording. When you're looking ahead, what's coming next for this piece? What's the like the kind of last big push for you for the piece?
1: Yeah, I guess I will start to rehearse more, hopefully with the musicians, go through sections of the piece more. I mean, we've been exchanging sound clips and so on, but yeah, I think we'll go into that in more detail, probably in different sections and kind of then start to join the piece, because I think, you know, I'm trying at the moment to predict as best I can how much time a lot of these ricochet sounds that I've written. Yeah. Um, that I, I think we've talked about where they're almost like gravity points and they, they activate the whole piano and and it becomes like this huge, almost air in a way. So I want those moments to be really big and rich and spacious I'll have to work on it with Laura and Julia to see how much time is needed there. I still think, even though I'm, as I said, I'm listening a lot in terms of pacing, I still think that will need more work as I put it together with Laura and Julia.
2: Yeah, no, and it'll be a different experience in the studio when we're recording it for the podcast. And then, you know, this time we're going to have an amazing live premiere in Miller Theatre of the Pieces. And obviously the pianos will be different, the instruments will be different, but also the acoustic setting will be very different. And so in a way, the piece is a little bit different each time it will be performed. Yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for joining us in this season of Mission Commission.
1: Thank you, Melissa. It's been great. It's been such a journey. It has. And really... Really unique journey. I've never done anything like this before. So so thanks to you and the team. It's been a, a real privilege and, and a lot of fun as well.
2: On to our next composer, Wang Lu oh my God, this is the last one. Can you believe? I can't. It's week six. Welcome to week six. I can't believe it's the last one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so how has this week been for you?
3: Good. Yeah, good. I I think this week I wrote more notes, like actual musical notes on page. And uh, I had um, a lot more clear ideas where the piece is going. For instance, Since week four, I suddenly had more idea for piano. So it's very strange, right? So I wrote mostly for the piano, although I was in touch with Russell more about, like, which mallets and the tam-tam and if you... (laughs) One foot is pressing down the vibraphone pedal. The other foot can kick the kick drum or no. While you do this um glocking and vibraphone and glockenspiel. I know at the very beginning, remember, I said I just want one
2: percussion instrument. I do remember that. <laughs> I was like, not how it turned out, though, is it? Ah! Right. <laughs> no I'm like, oh, this is what I planned. But
3: hmm. but this week, yes, I think um, it's not as like I still try to figure out what it is. I know it, I just need to put more time in into writing. Right now, it seems like I could make this piano part an independent piece. Independent of the percussion? Yeah. I could make this piece as a duet, but this piano part can be taken out as a piece. Ooh, I
2: like that. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> I've never done that before.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because like the piano part is has all the drives and then have the percussion. I like how offset, and like, sometimes they support each other, sometimes you, you go, they go their own ways. Uh-huh. Uh, but also I've been still taking a of lessons. I'm serious about this. And I'm training myself, you know, my teacher's training me of separating memorization and left hand, right hand, and the open and the closed and different odd number cycles of um, thala, the mantra you read. And maybe that has something to do, like even subconsciously for me to have things work together mechanically, but have a divide. There definitely is like a listening of and uh, coordinating between the two players, but they do have this freedom.
2: would you imagine that perhaps the piece would be played twice at the same time so like once that you would hear both parts together and then that you would hear the piano part separately have you thought that far ahead
3: no, but I think that is a brilliant suggestion. I didn't think
2: about that. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Yeah. The idea of like a slow motion, the halo of resonance uh, came. That could be percussion, could be piano, could be combination at the beginning. And week four, I had more idea of like moving out of pandemic and how time is fleeting. <laughs> and the idea when I worked through the piano part, and worked to almost like, have the percussion go along with the piano and they realize we're on different pacing, is interesting, yeah, right? yeah, but not uh, one kind of pace, not like a pianist goes and then the percussion goes down, 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 down on loop. No, it's kind of like you know, always variations on the kind of you know, groove. yeah, the rhythm, yeah, it's important.
2: So, Lou, something I'm curious, thinking back over our process, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about whether taking part in Mission Commission has been transformative for you and in what ways.
3: First of all, I didn't think anyone would be interested in such detail and uh, private information of how things are made by an artist, by a composer. And that's really encouraging. And also, It sets a timeline and a kind of practice for me to come back every week. And it's always every week to talk to musically intelligent and well-plugged people like you, but you're not a composer and we're talking to our audience about what happened in the way to tell a story, but also not to shine away from techniques. Mm -hmm. Yes. Those are really things I've never practiced before. And also, I think it's really transformative is that as an artist, you're more open to share uh, very um, intimate failures and uh, (laughs) uncertainty. Mm -hmm. The timeline is compressed and make you almost like reading a novel or watching a film to live another person's life. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's your own uh, lived in a more intensified way. Hmm. Yeah. We think about these things, but haphazardly, you know, to talk about. But we don't really have an opportunity to dig into this. And it helps to psychologically understand what art and the process of making art does to ourselves and what it means to communicate, what it means to make other people feel like you're genuinely talking to them about things without obscuring or, you know, setting up a a wall and saying, oh, you need to earn your credential to climb over the wall and to jump over and to to get hurt, yes. and then you can't understand what I'm talking about.
2: No, and that idea of a wall that kind of feels like there's a wall around classical music and the expectation of what you need to know in order to be able to appreciate it and enjoy it. 100% about what we're about at Miller is tearing down those walls and making everyone feel welcome. And I think that like, your ability to peel back the layers and reveal some of the mystery is invaluable for listeners. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people and we all have complicated lives. And, <laughs> and I think the ability to make a connection with people helps us to make a connection then with the music.
3: Yeah, you're doing such a fantastic job. I mean, I think this um, experience really is fantastic. It's a beginning for me to think about my yeah. practice in a, a lot more effective way.
2: Yeah. Well, we so appreciate you being so generous. With all that you have shared and in creating the piece and spending time with us, it's really been a delight.
3: Thank you. It's a real pleasure. And uh, I already uh, miss our meetings.
2: And now on to our third composer, Miguel Zanon. Miguel has finished his piece. He's already sent in his music and will soon head to the studio to record with the musicians. Well, hello, Miguel.
0: Hey, how's it going?
2: It's going great. This is an exciting week. We're at the end of the journey, our journey together, and your piece is finished, so hooray.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm excited, you know, we made it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. And so I'm curious, maybe could you tell us how you would describe the new piece?
0: I guess if I had to kind of describe it musically, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's built on, on this series of chords that we talked about initially. And then my idea was for it to kind of start sort of on those chords kind of slow and out of time and eventually kind of lead into a section that was a little more rhythmic and eventually... Yeah have something that was the centerpiece of the piece that was definitely very, very rhythmic. Uh, there's a spot in the middle of the piece where there's a section for improvisation, so something that's kind of being open, and they're going to be going back and forth, and that kind of brings us back to a reprise of the main theme that we are at the top, and then like a little afterthought yeah. at the end.
2: Yeah. Well, so I'm curious, looking back over the six weeks journey, what was the maybe what was the toughest point or the toughest stage for you?
0: You know getting started was was definitely the toughest for me. The instrumentation was very specific. There was a mm-hmm. deadline, and I was trying to you know stick it to be musicians and I started with those chords, but it often happens that you start with something and then that it just really goes nowhere. so I think that stage was definitely where I, when I felt like this could be like I could be just kind of spending a lot of time on this and it could go nowhere, yeah, or it could really be the thing so mm-hmm. I think once I got past that point or like of saying, okay, so I can kind of make this work with this melody and then this evolving into the other thing. Then after that, it's it's got to flow nicely. But I was stuck in those chords for for, the first few days, for sure. Yeah.
2: And I'm curious. So how do you know? Right. So is it something in your gut tells you or your intuition tells you or is it the process of working it out musically and then you see what could come from it and then, you know, okay, yes, these are the building blocks and this is going to work
0: yeah it's hard to know. I mean, I think for me, most of the time I'm thinking like you know, if I was out there listening, would this work for me? Mm. like would I, would I react to this you yeah. know and if the, the answer is yes then i I'll probably proceed you know a lot of times also when I'm working like in this case, you know those chords came out of those numbers and stuff like that, which is not it's not necessarily like a musical source, it's just something that you can create a system, and those things they you know they could work or not, also in this case too. Once I found a melody that worked with the chords and sounded kind of lyrical, you know, yeah. I was kind of singing the melody and focus, so I, I could connect with the melody in a different way than I could connect with the chords. So once, I think once I had that, then I was like, okay, so this, this kind of works.
2: Nice. Well, so something else that we talked about in the beginning, the idea that we were going to talk every week in real time as you were making the piece, and you had said that that was unusual for you, and you took a leap with us, which I'm really glad that you did. In what ways would you say that it shaped the piece or it kind of shaped your process?
0: Um, It was very different. I mean, it didn't feel intrusive at all, to Mm -hmm. be honest. And I think, if anything, it kind of, I mean, I felt like it kind of helped, especially looking back now. It definitely helped just kind of, Push things forward, you know, because yeah. I felt like as I w- we were talking about it and, and breaking things down, and, and that helped me sort of see a see a clearer path, you hmm. know. And so, okay, so I, I can I can see it when I explain it. I'm like, okay, so this is making sense. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I'm explaining, it and it's gonna make it sense to me. Yeah.
2: yeah. Any surprises for you?
0: You know, it it definitely came together quicker than than usual <laughs> for mm. me. Yeah. You know, even though I was traveling and I wasn't home the whole time, and I felt like once I got started, it just kind of flowed.
2: Yeah, that's great. Well, so is there anything that you would like to say about the title for the piece? It's called Layer Upon Layer.
0: You know, the way the piece came together with these chords and then kind of putting the melody on top and then those chords kind of modulating and then from that modulation kind of creating. And I felt like it was kind of all built on the same thing even some of the things that happen rhythmically like about a minute or two into the piece when, when it kind of starts moving and all that stuff is, is based on, on things that I, that I think of as rhythmic layers You know, where you have a pulse and subdivision, and then the, you, you organize those subdivisions to move on and create tension and, and forward motion. So it just, it just kind of seemed like a
2: practical <laughs> title. You know? Yeah, it definitely seems to fit. And so I was curious to hear how you would, have, you would describe it. Yeah. Well, so what happens next for you for the piece?
0: So the first thing I did was I finished it is I sent it to the musicians, to Matt Mouse, Miles, even before I sent it to you guys, because I wanted to make sure the score was ready. <laughs> if I need to make some changes or something. Sure. And and they gave me the okay. I mean, I, I think there's there's some things, at least in, in Miles' case, that he wants to maybe reformat some of the layouts so you know, for page turns and stuff like that, which is totally understandable, you know. For me, the thing that makes me feel good about that and that, that I sort of like finished it on the early side, is that, that I give them more time to work on it. Yeah. Before we record it. And probably before that we'll get together the three of us. And play through it, and then you know, go to the studio, record it, and then and then perform it later on. in June so, yeah. I'm excited. I feel like, like almost like it's like my part is done, but it's like the piece is not really done until we play it. You know what I mean?
2: Yes, absolutely. And to hear it, it'll be interesting. What I'm curious to hear is the transition from hearing you talk about it and then hearing it on MIDI, and then yeah. to really be able to hear the instruments live together in a room.
0: Yeah, that's always an, easy, an interesting transition.
2: Yeah, and then the interplay between the two musicians, of course, also will be really interesting. Yeah, it's an exciting moment.
0: Yeah, we're just getting started.
2: Thank you, Miguel, for joining us on this season of Mission Commission.
0: Thank you. It's really been my pleasure. Thanks for inviting
2: me. It's been a lot of fun. That's it for the episode and for the third and final season of Mission Commission. Up next, you can finally hear the pieces written by the composers in their entirety. Thanks for listening. Mission Commission is a production of Miller Theatre at Columbia University. Major support for Mission Commission is provided by the Francis Gallet Charitable Lead Trust. Support for Miller Theatre is provided by the New York State Council on the Arts and the Howard Gilman Foundation. Additional support is provided by the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for Contemporary Music at Miller Theatre is provided by the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music and the Amphion Foundation. This episode was produced by Golda Arthur and me, with Adrian Stortz, Lauren Cognetti, and Taylor Riccio. Eric Gomez is our sound designer and engineer. This episode featured audio excerpts of pieces written by Ian Clear, Wang Lu, and Miguel Zenon. Visit missioncommissionpodcast.com for a full listing of pieces, performers, and recordings included in this and every episode. Thanks for listening.